All right. Does this work better? Uh, you tell me. Can you hear me now? I, I can hear you now. All right. I was out on a tree quote in the dead spots of the south side of Hamilton, which uh, <laughs> explains why a lot of kids can't do their homework because that's the kind of reception you're going <laughs> to Yeah. Yeah, you know that south side of Hamilton. Like, whew. Crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Just barely got out with my life. <laughs> um all right well we've got this is our last podcast welcome uh the remaining dink and dunk uh, uh listeners as we as we wrap up this year um we, we just have, gotta we have, we have effectively reduced our listening audience by 90 percent yeah of a nine weeks period so yeah we, we did because we our first week was like 130 like it was ridiculous wasn't it yeah, it was over a hundred people that, that that tuned in and listened to our first uh, our first podcast and our uh, our Sunday podcast has a grand total of thirteen listeners so far. So there's no such thing as the art of a bump. That is not a thing that exists. <laughs> <laughs> if we had gotten thirteen listeners the first week, we probably would have saved ourselves a whole bunch of work. We would have just been like, "Well, this didn't work," and then we would have just punted. <laughs> yep, it, we. Uh, it, and to think that at one, uh, by the way, I'm in my car with two kids. So that's awesome. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> I, there was, there was a time in the first couple of weeks I thought, you know, maybe we'll just keep doing this all summer and yeah, we'll, we'll put advertisements on it. And this could, this could really be a thing. And, uh, it's not. It's definitely not. So, so you were the, you were the OG dream crusher, but uh, our students became the dream crushers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, I can get our show notes pulled up. I think I, I think I have them pulled up. Actually, I should. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. I got our show notes pulled up. Um, it's it's a it's a short it's a short. Uh, we've got a short one this week, so uh, we won't we won't take too much of the kids' time. And and the longer we take, the more likely it is that you and I will have to parent at some point in time, and no one wants that. So, um, so uh, you had originally written, uh, what did you miss last? So we have four things up. Let's let's preview. Um, what did we miss this last trimester? Uh, you you had a couple of things. Yep. Um, idiosyncrasies that have developed during the uh, during the time of the coronavirus. Uh, I I added in final musings on things fall apart. I just have a couple of really quick things. And then uh, the last one is um, I I asked the question, what did we learn teaching integrated this year? So I thought that maybe that was a good way to wrap up. It, it, the good news is I'm almost to my house, so I'll throw my kid out of the car <laughs> in the air conditioning and do the rest of this podcast while they run around Lord of the Flies in the in the front yard. That's what my kids are doing, except they're just doing they're just upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, all right. Um, so I would say the the things that that I was I was most disappointed is. Uh, <laughs> That's my strong-willed child that you can hear. Um, is is this idea that um, all of the really good empathy ep- topics that we talk about during the Industrial Revolution and uh, and during colonialism and Avatar and all of that is just great conversation for empathy. Yeah. All right, now I am literally leaving my child in the car and walking away from him. <laughs> As I speak of empathy and the importance of empathy, um, but 
all of these really good topics that are just amazing face-to-face moments of, of uh, uh, revelation to students uh, we didn't get to really have. And um, like, I think this, this class was good for it. And they, they, they started to see some of these things and they started to see that maybe their life is a little different than other people in this world and other people in society. And, uh, and here we are. So, and by the, the way, point. on that point, like that's work that like the, the eight of you who will listen to this at this point, I don't know. That's work that you do have to continue to do on your own. Right. Like that's something that I think hopefully the last few weeks have shown us. Right. Is that when, when individuals stop working to try to be empathetic, like this is where we get situations like this. You have to understand that there are voices and narratives out there that don't match yours or don't match the dominant narrative that you always see. And you, and it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, your responsibility to seek that out. Like we can make you when you're 16 and 17 year olds as teachers, you know, we can make you try and do that work. But ultimately when, when, when you begin to, to, to go into the world and begin to figure out what kind of world you want to live in, like that work is incumbent on you. You have to do it. Thanks for coming to my Ted talk. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was very moving. That was uh, that was more serious than I was planning on getting in this, <laughs> this time here today. So, very introspective lately. So we've gone from depressed, like, you know, coronavirus. I'm just stuck in my house. So this, this, the sun is shining. So now I'm more sanguine about things, I guess. So, <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. So uh, second topic is what? Uh, idiosyncrasies that have developed during the time of the pandemic. So I brush my teeth before Zoom meetings. <laughs> It's this weird thing. Like, I feel like I have to. Like, I have a meeting. I need to go brush my teeth. <laughs> and I found myself doing it the other day. I was like, wait a minute. Well, why am I brushing my teeth? This, this doesn't make any sense. And then I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I haven't had a haircut in ages. Not that I can't, because my wife cuts my hair. My, I'm, you know, I, I was going to say, like, like, I know you don't go to a barber. Like, what is your deal? Right. It just because I don't care. Like, my wife looks at me and says, you need a haircut. I said, okay, but nobody's going to see me. Uh, so you can tell that I still have bedhead when I show up at these meetings, but what you can't tell is that I did brush my teeth. Um, and, and I don't know why that is. I don't know what drove me to do any of those things. It's just a weird development that's taken place in my life. So, yeah, I would say for me, like I, I still like try to shower in the mornings, like all the time, which I don't think is like a weird idiosyncrasy, but like, like I don't necessarily have anywhere to go or anywhere to be, and I'm still like I'm gonna take this shower or like for sure before a Zoom meeting. Like if I haven't like if I haven't showered before then, some of that's just because like my, my facial hair gets all like weird and crazy in the morning, and so like the shower kind of helps calm that down. But I kind of you know I, I guess I can kind of understand where that comes from. I don't know I don't know that I'm uh, introspective enough to know that I've developed any idiosyncrasies in in in, in this stuff. I'm not sure. And maybe labeling it idiosyncrasy is just trying to say, well, that's just weird. And to make that's it just weird. Um, yeah. Uh, most days I hope to shower. That's, that's a pretty good life goal. And, and I've achieved it almost every day of quarantine. But I'll, I'll admit there's been a few that I get to the end of the day, especially when my wife's working. It's like, I'm going to climb in bed right now and nobody's going to know if I'm clean or, or yeah. if I shower today. So it's Yeah, open. I... It usually helps me just get ready for the day and be more productive. Like, it's like my time. Like, I kind of, 
you know, I throw the TV on for the kids and I'm like, don't kill each other while I'm in the shower. And you know, I like, I listen to a podcast or, you know, whatever. And then like, it's just kind of gives me 15 minutes to go. Okay. I'm transitioning out of my night pajamas into my day pajamas. And I still don't wear like clothes, like pants with buttons. No way that ain't happening. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it is kind of amazing how like, slowly the transition is because like for us like you and i we watch our kids all summer long so you know by and large we're kind of sort of stuck near the house anyway like you know i can take walks with them or or you know go on hikes or whatever if the weather's okay but for the most part you know you're out you've got you're three to one so mm-hmm. you know it's not like we're it, it's not like we are um i don't know like trancing all over the place or whatever so like it's weird that quarantine is kind of lifted but i think i made that comment early on that it's 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 not really a whole lot different than than what it would be in the summertime which is we mostly stay at home and when mom when i have reinforcements and the weather's decent we'll go somewhere yep i would agree it's the end of the end of the school year the end of quarantine and the start of summer all have have blended into one thing that is not fundamentally different in my life yeah. which is which is kind of depressing when you say that, like that and usually like you know when i when i when i go on summer like i go on summer for the first at least like month or something like that you know um you know i've had some time sometimes where there's been a few minor things to do in those first couple of weeks but like i was like you know i can't even just be like all right next week i'm not doing anything you know like i've got some i've got at least one meeting scheduled next week like a scholarship meeting and then we have like work that we have to do over the summer you and i and um it's like huh they're just this isn't really there's not going to be any like hard cutoff where it's just like i'm done this year and I'll see you in August, you know, like, it's just going to be like, it's just going to be kind of one fluid state until I think we go back. That's my, my initial, my, my new initial projection is that, or uh, prediction is that we will not start next school year 100% remotely. All right. That's my prediction. I don't know that we're going to be in, I don't know that every student is going to be in school all day, every day next at the start of next year. But my 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 prediction right now is that we will not start all remotely. Well, some of the plans for that have been rolled out, and I I do have special insight, but I'm not going to uh, to give our 13 listeners that special. <laughs> Would you? Will you give me that special insight? <laughs> Absolutely. You and I can you and I can talk after this is over, and I can let you know what uh, what I was told today as far as potential options and um and I would say this, and and you know me, never one to uh to see things through rose colored glasses is, but I would say that the, the options and the ideas, they're not awful. Like they would, they would give some, some normalcy, some continuity, some element of real school that kids feel like they can be a part of something again. Well, you are just back to being on the in crowd and knowing everything. I feel like our positions have completely reversed from the way that this year started. Like (laughs) you were kind of like in your room every day and I would have to tell you things and, now it's like it's 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 just completely switched, which is just you know I like that personally. Yeah, um, I'm, is, I'm cool with that. The endless onslaught of Zoom meetings has to have some some benefit to it. I I have four meetings scheduled for next week alone already. Holy so. man! Like I, there's no part of me that wants to be you right now. Like I usually like being in the thick of things. I was like, you know what? 
never mind. Forget it. I'm good. Because <laughs> what's going to happen is what's going to happen. Anyway, th- these kids don't need to hear this part. Um, so, okay. So final musings on things fall apart. Those of you who finished. Well, Oconquo dies. Um, he hangs himself, which is a bummer. Um, and one of the questions that I asked you, and I'll be interested to see your, your folks' answers, is, is you know, is, does he die a hero? Does he die a victim? Um, how from what do you think how do you see kind of the end of things fall apart i i think it's really hard to to do that without first understanding how do you view him at the start right, right. and and if you view him at the start as this guy is just a jerk and yeah it's his culture but this is horrible but like this can't be celebrated well then then he just then he dies a victim or in a good way like good we eliminated that um you know i i think my my neighbor is literally mowing his lawn right now as i'm just heard that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can't catch a break today uh he gives up i don't know if he's a hero or a victim he just decides that he can't handle where this thing is headed and he gives up and he says, I'm done. I can't do this. Um, so I, he dies a quitter. Is that okay? Can I say that? Sure. sure. Uh, and I don't blame him for quitting. Like, I think maybe that was his best solution. Yeah. Uh, in, in what society was becoming. But I would say he had to quit because he was unwilling to adapt to the times. Um, and he was unwilling to recognize that there was other people that had valuable insights and that society could change for the better. Thus, maybe he's a victim of his own self-righteousness. There you go. Yeah, I tend to view him as a victim. I actually don't tend to view Okonkwo very much as a hero, which is weird because I set him up with, as, with students as a hero. Like, you know, is he a tragic hero? Is he, you know, like, um, I mean, certainly Okonkwo tries to act heroically to stop the um colonization of his village and stuff like that um and so i think he has to be given props for that but you know when i when i look at the odds that were stacked against him even if okonkwo wouldn't have had to be exiled for however long that was seven or eight years or whatever he still would have been like it's not like he would have had the tools to I think mount a successful defense long-term like he was in, he was inevitably going to be a victim of, of, you know, the Europeans. He also was inevitably probably going to, you know, he, he was also a victim of his own shortcomings. Um, and um, so that's definitely that. The, the other thing that I would just, um, as people are kind of thinking about the end of things fall apart, I have a couple of other thoughts. Um, one is um, notice that like, the district commissioner, when he sees Oconquo hanging there, thinks that, oh, this probably, you know, will be good for a paragraph in my book. And you just have read an entire book about this really, really, really complex man who has um, shortcomings and who has a lot of strengths and a lot of positives to him. And, you know, you have a very human, like Oconquo is one of the more human characters that we really, really, really you know, interact with and integrated. So that's one. And then I would, the other one that I would just 
say that one theme that I get from this book that I think is really important is just beware of people who are fundamentally on, on their core, actually weak people who try to act strong to overcome that. Cause those people are usually very damaging people. Wow. And that's what Okonkwo is. He's he, and, and that's what their society is, right? They're a society that is actually motivated by fear, fear of being thought weak which is why they toss twins into the evil forest or why they, you know, that, that splinter group, the, I forget, I forget their name now that that's where the church get gained its inroads. Like how did the church gain a toehold in, in Igbo society? They started with the people that were already marginalized. Right. And those people were marginalized because the rest of the society thought they were afraid of being thought weak. And what really made them weak was that they divided themselves. Right. So I think that there's a lot of really important lessons there about perceived strengths versus actual weakness that I think our society could probably learn a couple of things about right now. Yes, the the treatment of the marginalized and how that ended up costing the existence of the society is probably one of the biggest um, traits we've tried to bring up in the past when, when teaching this book. Right. You can't, and it, and it was hard to do this remotely, but you can't, you're only as, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? And I think that that's something that, that is evident in our society today. Um, and then when you have people and societies that are fundamentally weak, but are afraid of being seen, being found out, then they lash out in ways that are traditionally strong which isn't usually helpful. So that that. would be that. That's a good summary. That's a a couple days worth of summary that we would have taken in class and an essay and all that. Draw parallels to Avatar and everything else, but instead we'll just call it good in a five minute bit on on a podcast. And I am, I'm comfortable leaving it there. Are you, are you good with that? I am. I am absolutely good with that. And I, I love the book. Unfortunately, we couldn't spend as much time in it together yep. as we do, but um, good stuff. I think, yeah. Yeah, my last question was going to be like, what did we learn in Integrated this year? But I think that's that's a good lesson to leave off with, which is you're only as strong as, as that weakest link, you know, and you have to, that's that's an important thing in society. Um, from, from some, a, of, some of them asked that, some of them asked that question the very first day when it was, are we all in it together? Is it every man for himself? Right. Where they said, well, hang on a second. I don't know if I want my grade attached to, uh, to whoever it is sitting over in the corner. Right. And I, and I think that in a, in a really kind of horrible, tough way, people were like our students were exposed to this question of, are we all in this together? Is it every man for himself? Like we have seen this over the last three or four months, whether it's the virus or the current racial unrest that, that has, um, you know, just reached a fever pitch in our country. Like that's a fundamental part of that question. Are we all in this together? Is it every man for himself? And what are the implications of both of those strategies? Um, So you've gotten a crash course on how that really works in our society. Right. And then the only other thing that I would probably just, encourage the remaining few 
um, few who, who continue to listen to this podcast is how we kind of close. My weekly recommendation is as you, you, you got a story from the perspective of a voice that when we ended with things fall apart, that was a voice that didn't traditionally get a voice in these narratives about colonizers. And so my, my weekly recommendation is before you form opinions about what's going on today in our world, that you seek voices out who are, um, who are on those margins first. So if you, if you form an opinion about the protests or about black lives matter or about whatever, before you form that opinion, like read up a few, on a few contemporary black authors or watch something or listen to a podcast, he, at least hear their opinion before you form your own. Um, because I think that that's something that's missing. So that's your weekly recommendation. That was uh, that was very Howard Zinn of you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And that will prepare you really well for integr- or for, um, for APUS and, and for, um, uh, AP Lang, you know, next year for a lot of you guys who are taking that. So, all right, all right. Well, well, this is it, guys. It's been a fun run. With all with all due respect, let's hope that we're face to face and and we can shelve the podcast for a much later time. It's gonna suck next year when we get to like this point and well, like like that March point in the year because like we won't have gotten through our first like year together like knowing kind of what we all do like when you know what i'm saying like we're gonna go back in march and go what did we do for this all right we were in quarantine so like we have to figure all that out so if this this year's class was like watching us go out on our first couple awkward dates right and like at the end of next year they're gonna have to like watch us renew our vows is that what's happening i don't know i don't know what the other i don't know where that metaphor extends to pressing questions to answer what metaphor will most (laughs) most apply in the future all right well thanks guys for uh for tuning in thanks for being a part of our virtual classroom thanks for uh hanging with us and hopefully thinking a little bit about the world around you so all right We'll see you guys. Peace out.